Hello and welcome to the Consistency Project with E.C. Sinkowski. My name is Patrick Cummings and every episode I have the privilege of having a discussion with E.C. on subject matters that range from nutrition to fitness to the choices we can all make to live a healthier, more functional life. By exploring both the principles at play and the actions worth carrying out as a result, it is our goal to get you thinking, get you moving, and get you taking more consistent steps toward optimizing your well-being. Thank you as always for tuning in and how the heck are you, E.C.? I'm great. How are you doing? fantastic. We are going to have a conversation today that is kind of coming off the back of a presentation you just gave to some affiliate owners, to some CrossFit affiliate owners, and we thought that it would also make for an interesting conversation and episode. So we're going to kind of take the work that you did with the presentation and just kind of lay it out here. So yeah. first thing first, as we often do here, just give us a little bit of context. What are we talking about? How did this come to be? And then we will dive into it. Yeah. So. I don't totally know all of the new things that CrossFit home office is rolling out, but they do now have the country and I believe the world divided into these different districts in which they have kind of district representation and it provides a more clean line to home office with concerns. And so they've been having these affiliate summits over this last fall season. And so I went to kind of a central district Midwest affiliate summer over the weekend to share some thoughts about what I think nutrition looks like at the affiliate level to affiliate owners. And so thank you to Maggie and Redemption Fitness for her hosting. I also got to see some people I had at their level one. So that was fun. And, and thank you to everyone who was there. But, you know, what I did there is I did talk just conceptually about nutrition, how I approach nutrition through these principles ideas that, of course, our podcast audience knows. But then I also wanted to sort of say, okay, what would that look like at the affiliate level? And you know, before going, I obviously have some friends who have been in the space for some time, have owned gyms for some time, 10 plus years in the business. And so I called them up just to say like, hey, you have all this experience. Don't think about the past. Don't think about all logistical concerns. Tell me what the perfect nutrition program looks like to you. And they all gave me different answers, which I, <laughs> which I was mm. a little frustrated about. <laughs> Not <laughs> ultimately surprised. You were hoping they would help you do your homework a little bit better. And give I know, <laughs> at least streamline the gosh darn thing, right? Like take an idea off the list for me. <laughs> but they didn't. And, and ultimately, I'm not that surprised. And, and it kind of led to what I talked about over the weekend. And, and, and that is kind of where we're going. I don't really think there's an easy answer. And I don't think there's mm. one answer. No surprise, right? But hopefully we can talk through some ideas on that. I do also have to mention before we get into this, I know we talked about this briefly in the bonus episode when I was talking about nutrition credentials, yep. is that, you know, I don't know totally what affiliates are planning to do, enact, say, their scope of practice. So I always have to re-mention that they always want to check in with their state legislation to understand that they're acting within those regs with, with whatever they decide to do. Totally unnecessary tangent, but do you find it difficult to call it CrossFit Home Office? Because I yes. do. I haven't pulled that off yet once. It's still CrossFit Headquarters. Or, or I definitely CrossFit paused. HQ. I definitely paused before saying it this time. Over the weekend, I said, yeah, I used to work for HQ, so yeah. I messed it up already. <laughs> They're trying real hard, but yeah. it's it's not working for me. Yeah, we're, we're a few years into the game on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so nutrition, but specifically nutrition for affiliates in terms of how maybe they can look at it, mm -hmm. how they can present it, how they can use it, or how they can incorporate it into the into the service that they offer. Mm -hmm. Where do we begin? Maybe where did you begin in the presentation and you're thinking about the presentation as it relates to this subject? I think it's easy to just begin with making re recommendations of what they should do with nutrition. You know, all of the CrossFit community probably knows that nutrition's at the bottom of the pyramid. It's the first thing that you're supposed to start with. So I think it comes with this thought that we should, in quotes, do it. We, we have to do it as affiliates. 
But I think we have to back up a step further. I think the first question that the affiliate owner really has to ask themselves is, is do I want to do this? Not, okay, I'm doing it. What should I do? It's, do I want to do this? Mm. You know, and I think some of the ways that they get tempted is, yeah, of course, adding a service like nutrition is for sure a potential stream of revenue. And of course, it's important to the results that they want for their members. And I think it's really easy to do the math on, oh, I just need this many clients a month paying this much at a package. And this is the amount that I can add to the revenue or add on for a coach or whatever it is. But the step that might be overlooked in that math is all of the work that goes with that. I think nutrition is probably one of the harder add-on services to do. I mean, it's my whole business, right? So just to add it on as sort of, oh, we're going to increase some revenue. I, I don't think that's the way that you want to think about it. In fact, I talked to one of the owners at the summit and she's spent the last four years with her affiliate trying to get nutrition to work. And now it's at a point where it's 25% of their revenue, which is great. And it's a huge, mm. it's a huge chunk, but that's four years in the making of doing it very specifically. And they have people that want to work on it. Right. So I think the very first question is not what to do, but do you want to do it? And that potential increase in revenue definitely comes with increased work. Yeah. It's easy you and I probably been guilty of it, which is it's easier to go straight to the spreadsheet and say, oh, if I have 100 members, I can get 50 of them to say yes to this. And that's beautiful. So yes, let's do it. When the reality of actually getting to whatever percentage of people is far, far harder. And, you know, kudos to the, the affiliate owner for putting four years into it, because sometimes it takes that long to get it right. Totally. Sometimes you've got to get it wrong a whole lot before you get it right. And so I think right along with what you're saying is, do I want to do this? The next question is, what am I willing to endure to make this work? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to fail for a year mm -hmm. before it gets closer to working? Because a lot of people can't stomach that degree of failure, can't stomach that degree of unknowns and really struggle with starting something and then stopping it, which is a whole other beast, a whole other ballgame. Like you have to be comfortable saying, okay, we're doing this thing. And in six months, if it doesn't work saying, sorry, guys, we tried, it didn't work. We're going to pull it back and being okay with that because that is also part of the process. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're doing that with their gym. Now they might already be X years into their gym. So that's a little bit more on autopilot, but these are two distinct businesses. It's, yeah. it's not that, you know, I have this many classes going and it's successful and therefore nutrition works. Okay. Now we're starting another new business. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's part of it. It's like, yeah, there's, there's a whole nother, just like when you started the gym, there's that same level of risk and trial and error here too. Yeah. Okay. So you said it a couple of times now, which I think is worth unpacking is why is nutrition so different? Why mm. isn't it kind of a sister pursuit to the pursuit of fitness. Again, because we've, especially in the world of CrossFit, you and I have been around for a long time. As you mentioned, it's at the base of the pyramid. Why aren't they the same thing? Why isn't it like Portuguese and Spanish where it's like, if you got one, you, you can figure <laughs> out the second one. Why does it feel so different? Why is it so hard? Yeah. I mean, I think the most similar thing or what is in the affiliate's favor is they probably have a more receptive audience than just anybody randomly on the street, right? They, they probably now have a collection of people that are at least mildly interested <laughs> versus yeah. disinterested or not interested at all, whatever. But so that's good, but it's still not the same thing at all. And I think the first thing is, you know, we have to remember that nutrition is a complete lifestyle change, you know, and I know that sounds so cliche, but nutrition, food is accessible 24 seven. It is constant. We have to, we have to use it multiple times a day and it's within our reach constantly during the day mm. where fitness can be limited to an hour or less per day and you can make big changes. Nutrition cannot be limited to an hour per day. It, it doesn't work. You can't have somebody with you 24 seven to make the right decision. So ultimately 
this idea that you're going to hold me accountable, it, it works sort of a little bit, but the person really has to take initiative on their own much more than in other kind of endeavors. I think we've talked about that. The second thing, and this is true for me too, is what the food environment is like for people the second they are outside your doors or the second they're outside the program that they're doing with you. You know, food is everywhere, right? I mean, you can't do an errand and not have a candy bar or a pack of chips within reach. It is at every store that you go to, drugstores, gas stations, you go to buy a TV and for some reason you can walk out with some type of candy, right? (laughs) So it's absolutely crazy. There's that influence. There's the influence when you actually do go out to eat to restaurants. Portion sizes are really big. I do a lot of that stuff on social media as well. The caloric density of even the options they pick are very mm-hmm. high because they they want it to taste good. They add a lot of fat. I put up one of the posts recently, but there's salads out there that are like 1,500 calories. I mean, how I would create that at home, I have no idea, right? So the portion <laughs> sizes are out of control. We've got a dopamine response when we eat this stuff. We feel good in the moment. Maybe not always after, but we feel good in the moment. And then culturally, it's how we celebrate. It's how we show generosity. It's a part of every social event. Oh, and to top it all off, it's inexpensive, right? So the food environment is literally doing, like, I don't even know, everything it can, it seems, against what is going to drive results for my clients and what is going to drive results for these gyms clients, right? So there's that influence, what also makes it so hard. And then finally, there's this huge psychological component of nutrition. You know, it's often tied to mental health issues, and that can range the gamut from small things as we've discussed, like, I just want to procrastinate, or I just want to blow off some steam after work, to some true eating disorders, disordered eating stuff, and some really deep-seated feelings Mm -hmm. and beliefs about oneself. And so, you know, and I said this to one of the owners this weekend, you know, when people come to your gym, they have mentally decided to make a change in fitness. That does not mean <laughs> they have mentally decided to make a change in nutrition. And it's easy to think yeah. that they're one and the same and they're, and they're not. And, and so that's why I think nutrition is, is completely a different business from just, okay, now, you know, you're coming to class or CrossFit. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, so right at the top of that answer is, is it's a lifestyle change, but really, I think, and correct me if you don't think this is right, but really what we're talking about is an identity change. Mm. To a large degree. And if you can get somebody to, to not a change, a shift, an evolution of what their own self-identity is. And if you can get them to make that shift, if you can get them to make that evolution, then you can get them to, well, first of all, change their environment. Mm-hmm. And when you get somebody to change their environment, then you can change their actions. And I think the thing that we forget about is the gyms work so well because it is the environment mm that somebody puts themselves in. And when you are there, you do what everybody else there is doing. That's a great point. And when you escape that environment, you're on your own to do the things that you say you're, you were going to do. And Correct. in order to do that, in order to make the kind of decisions that intellectually we can all, everybody in the world is says, I know I really need to eat. I need to eat better. I need to eat more vegetables. I, and yet how many people struggle with it? And it's because the identity hasn't shifted. You haven't become the kind of person who says no mm. to the Snickers bar at the checkout line after you buy a TV. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because one of the things Ben always says, Ben Bergeron on Chasing Excellence, like you've decided you're not the type of person who smokes cigarettes. Mm. And you don't spend any energy wondering, should I have that cigarette? Maybe, I'll get, a, maybe yeah. I'll get a pack of cigarettes next time I get. You spend zero energy on that. Right. And until you get to the place where you're also doing that about Snickers bar mm. and bags of chips and soda, the environment will always be pervasive and therefore it will probably defeat you at some point. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, it doesn't seem anytime soon we're going to be able to fix the environment at the electronic stores and the shipping stores. So your first line of control is your house. And I think that's where you can help 
establish this identity that you're talking about, right? Because then you're establishing these practices that you've acted out on in a more controlled environment. So you're able more to carry it out kind of in the wild, if you will. Yeah. It's funny. The first thing that popped in my head is, well, when we start ordering everything everywhere all the time on the internet, well, at least like, I don't know, are people adding Snickers bars (laughs) to their Amazon cart just because like, I'll wait two days for that. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Okay. So in this conversation, in when you talk to affiliates, when you think about this presentation, or when you thought about this presentation, like given all that, do you mm-hmm. lean in one direction or the other as it relates to, okay, let's contextualize, let's make sure you understand this is really hard. This is a different business. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're still interested. Here's what I would suggest. Like, what is that? Here's what I su- would suggest answer. Yeah, I mean, probably no surprise here. I kind of have a split decision on what uh, whether or not I recommend affiliates should get involved or not. I mean, I do, oh God, maybe 51% lean <laughs> towards yes, you should kind of get involved in the conversation. I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, both you and I probably were exposed to it only by way of the gym and CrossFit, right? Yep. So yep. it's kind of recognizing that this might be the only place where, where people are exposed to this, at least at first, to eat mostly whole unprocessed foods in the right quantities. I'm just not really sure where else they're going to get it. Not only do we have all the variables that we just talked about, but like their doctors have these 15-minute conversations. And again, I'm not I'm not convinced that it should be the doctor's conversation anyway to be had. We want them doing their other stuff. So I'm not really sure where they're going to get it unless they're really seeking out nutrition advice on their own. So that's why I lean towards yes. And we also know that there's been so many people, and CrossFit New England's a great example of this when I was there for many years. I mean, those challenges have been transformational for many people, right? And so it's like, wow, mm-hmm. would I take all of that away? Where I lean on no kind of comes back to my original question of like, do you want to do it? Because the places where I've seen nutrition really take hold is exactly those places where the owner is all on board, who lives it, who breathes it, who it's not like, oh, shoot, I have to get my nutrition together for this challenge that we're doing. Instead, it's just like, I will now continue my nutrition for this challenge that we're doing. And so I think ultimately it's, it's the message from the top via leading by example of this is a lifestyle and this is how it works as a lifestyle is your best marketing is is your best hook and mm-hmm. then eventually you get a few people to come over and they become your best marketing ground support in addition to yourself but it's you know it's like trying to sell crossfit to somebody if you don't do it you know if you if you're really into spinning and you don't do crossfit you, you probably should be selling spinning you should, <laughs> shouldn't be selling crossfit so and i think it pervades a lot of different things and it's not just sort of like tell people the right messaging it's it's like you said, your whole lifestyle, your whole ethos, are you constantly posting on social media about epic cheat days? And what does the gym mm-hmm. sell? And what's that gym functions? Uh, Nicole Christensen at CrossFit Roots does a really great job at this is you can actually eat legitimately healthy at a gym function. It's it's not just a smorgasbord of donuts and pizza, even though and those beer. can be part of a healthy diet. As we know, it's just kind of like, this has to be a whole thing. Other, otherwise, how the heck are we going to combat this issue? So if you're not really into it, if you don't love it, if you don't love the idea of running events or don't love the idea of nutrition, it's probably not for you. It won't sell. It's not going to make all this money just on its own. Yeah. Obligation is a really shitty strategy when it comes to (laughs) building or or growing a business. Feeling like you should do something is not what's going to get you through the period where you're not sure how to do it, but you're sure that you can figure it out. Totally. Which I think is, I think is the case for a lot of gym owners, the the sense that, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this mm. is the beginning of, okay, well, how do I do it then? Yeah. I mean, I sympathize with the position they're in. I think, I think they quickly realize and know if they didn't already, oh, shoot, what, what result does my member want that I can't positively improve with nutrition, right? And of course, that's going to improve their retention, which is ultimately yeah. they want that because they love the fitness side. So I, I get it, but it, it is sort of a like, do I really want to do this? Maybe it's not the best use of my resources and time. Mm-hmm. 
One of my favorite things that you've ever said, we, we actually, it was in another, I think it was on another podcast that we did together. But one of my favorite things that you've said about CrossFit and affiliates is that CrossFit and specifically CrossFit affiliates, they're the doers mm-hmm. where we need to worry less about theory, yeah. less about science even, and more about what am I going to do about it today? Mm-hmm. And so with that, or in line with that, where does a gym start? Where do mm-hmm. you suggest they start? Where is the beginning for that gym owner who says, no, I do want to figure this out. It is important to me. I am willing to go through the challenge of figuring it out. Where yeah. do they begin? They need to really focus on kind of the message and the, the mission of their nutrition program. And it is, in my opinion, at the affiliate level that they are the experts in, in the doing in the sense that when you come to the 4 p.m. class, it's not a lecture about glycolysis and lactate threshold, even though those often play out in the workouts. The people are doing the squats and the pull-ups and Fran and working out in intensity. And with weeks of doing that, if not months and years, they see some really drastic changes. And so to me, the affiliate level really has to focus on changing eating habits not the science. They're focusing on the implementation of quality and quantity, not the reason for it. And there's tons of stuff in the nutrition space about the theory. I think we try to bridge the gap here a bit between the theory and the practice, but mm-hmm. you know, there's so much emphasis on what's happening with insulin and fat oxidation and all that stuff. And that's great. And we do need the scientists and we do need the theory. We do need to understand that in some context. But the discussion at the affiliate level, in my opinion, is not about any of that. It's instead like, what did you have for breakfast? And it really comes back to what was the original two sentences of fitness in a hundred words. You mean vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. And if you want to be more inclusive of our non-meat eating friends, that's great. Eat mostly whole unprocessed foods. Fine enough. We're talking about quality and then keep intake to levels that will support exercise and not body fat. That's a great way to talk about how to control quantity. And that's it. And it's really focusing on these basic eating habits to get people to eat more meals that look like couple cups of fruits and veggies, palm-sized amount of protein, a la lazy macros types of approach, and cut back on all of these snack foods that really derail us, those calorically dense processed goodies that we all like. And so I think that's what the affiliate level just needs to be super focused on. I think we'll get into that, how that can look at, look like in various services. But I think sometimes they're trying to hold these conversations or give opinions about lab values or what might be most optimal. And it's said, if you just push back a little bit on, okay, what did you actually have over the weekend? <laughs> mm. What do you eat for dinner? What's your favorite snack food? You're going to find out that you've, you've got a lot of places to start that can make some really big changes in terms of people's weight, health, and performance outcomes. Mm. Okay. So then on a practical level, I don't imagine what you're suggesting is your strategy for getting nutrition into the affiliate is asking everybody what they ate for breakfast. I imagine something, something <laughs> it's slightly not at the door. Please don't more, do that. <laughs> something slightly more helpful than that. So what does that actually look like? What are the practical recommendations that you have that you are giving to, to gym owners to begin this process? Yeah, I was thinking about kind of different tiered services. And I think in my mind, the way that I break it out is events, onboarding, and one-on-one services. And I actually suggest the affiliates should, should always in quotes here, should focus first on events and onboarding. And I'm coming at this again with the perspective that they did not set out to be a nutrition business, that they don't have somebody qualified or nor the interest to build a nutrition practice. Because if that's the case, if you have some partner dietitian or somebody who's like, qualified and really wants to build this. Okay, great. They're going to build a business (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's going to be nutrition and they're going to go through all that stuff. So I'm coming at this from the angle of, okay, you're a gym. What's a way that I can tackle nutrition effectively? And we're going to start with the way that we can kind of maximize a return on investment. And so to me, that's through events and onboarding. And with both of those, before we get into what the specifics might look like, I think the gym can also decide 
okay, so I'm going to tackle events and onboarding. Do I want to outsource this to a Mm. resource that I know, like, and trust? Maybe those are the ones that you do want to tackle, but is there something that I can just connect my members to? Do I have to recreate it in-house? Again, recreating in-house can increase your revenue, but with that, you have work. And so, of course, this is where I'm going to suggest some of my services as they come up along the way. But it is really that, that maybe there's somebody out there that you already like. Why recreate it? Why not just kind of be the conduit for your members to get access to that? And guess what? Like, I appreciate that it might not, you know, increase your revenue directly. But I'm telling you, if your members get nutrition results via you, they're staying at your gym longer, right? So it pays off in terms of retention, in my opinion. Yeah, what I really liked about that idea, just thinking about, you know, because I keep coming back to this, to what you said at the very start, which is that it's hard to figure out how to do it. And what what I really love about the idea of outsourcing it at the start, whether maybe it's an event, maybe it's a challenge, whatever, is that you actually get to see if your members are interested in it Mm. before you invest six mm. months yeah. and whatever number, you know, however much money and you find a coach who's like really into it and they build a, pr- like just see if you can get totally. 30% of your membership to pay something and then see what they say on the other end of it. That's interesting. And then say, yeah. okay, well, what did we just learn? Did we learn that either a lot of our people are interested in this or did we learn that we have a lot more work to do to just get people to understand the value of nutrition? Okay, let's go spend six months doing that because that doesn't cost us anything, right? Yeah. And say, what can we learn as simply and as quickly as, as possible? Mm. And then what can we build or what can we do with that information at the end of it? Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, how's, how are your sales as a nutrition <laughs> salesperson? Yeah. <laughs> totally. What else have you seen work for events? You met, you mentioned, yeah. and by events, do you mean challenges or is that kind of yeah. a synonymous to you? That's one of them. So events, one of the reasons why I target events and onboarding is this idea that I think you can leverage aspects of your business that are already in play. And for me, what with events, what you're leveraging is the community. I mean, you know, you already have people that are telling you that they like coming to the gym to work out in a group because of the camaraderie, the shared suffering. I think even post-pandemic, people are realizing that, oh yeah, I liked that community thing, right? So mm-hmm. now what we're doing here is we're leveraging that for nutrition. People like to go, in my opinion, because I also run group stuff, I think people like the group aspect of stuff. And so you're going to leverage that for nutrition. And with that, you're also leveraging your time, just like, you know, you leverage your time for group classes instead of one-on-one training. And so I think for events, having two key events per year can be a good place to be. If you haven't done any, as you suggested, start with one. I have an affiliate friend who likes to try to target one per quarter. Great if you can pull it off. I think two is a great place to be. And I think there's a ton of great times during the year to do it. Obviously, New Year is a great time for obvious reasons. The open can be a great time. Pre-summer, right, is always good. Fall has kind of a New Year's vibe. And then I have affiliates do programs during the holidays specifically because their members do want to stay on track, right? So Mm -hmm. there's plenty of times to get into events there. Now... What are what would these events be? I do like challenges. No surprise. I sell challenges. We'll touch on in just a second. But again, it's because of this kind of shared suffering. People like this whole leaderboard friendly competition idea. So we're just bringing that to nutrition. There are critics of challenges that say, okay, well, what happens after your challenge is after those 30 days, people go back to their old ways. A little bit of reality check. I mean, that happens with one-on-one coaching. <laughs> that mm-hmm. happens with when people pay a lot of money for one-on-one coaching. So the idea that you're not going to get 100% retention, if I mean, you have not been around nutrition long enough, if that's what you think is going to happen. So I wouldn't worry about yeah. that. What I would think with challenges is try to encourage a behavior that it's with the intent they are going to continue forever. It's 
okay, the challenge is the training wheels. We're getting it all together. That's long enough time for you to understand the habits that now you can continue it forever indefinitely. So this is where I like my challenges of the 800 gram challenge, adding fruits and veggies to the diet or lazy macros, adding fruits and veggies and protein to the diet, because it's like, no, we shouldn't just stop this at 30 days. So this is where I don't really love these 27 point checklists with all these different rules or too much elimination, no sugar, no alcohol. It, to me, that leads to more of the fall off binge behavior and questionable mm-hmm. how much sticks in the long term, right? I think the other thing with nutrition challenges, I do think affiliate owners put a little bit too much stress on coming up with a new idea for the nutrition specifically. When I would shift the focus to, okay, we're going to eat mostly whole unprocessed foods in the right quantities <laughs> mm-hmm. and now shift the focus to how do I create an engaging event? Where that could be adding a a fitness component, like maybe it's paired with the open, maybe do teams and like a fitness challenge. I know uh, I was talking to Andrea out of Trident CrossFit and she was like teams and like a rowing, like accumulating row meters between teams. I think there can be really something fun if there's like a 5k in your area. Boulder has something called a Boulder Boulder, which is well known. Maybe you do the nutrition challenge as a lead up and you do endurance based Mm. programming. I think there can be something fun with like a CSA community supported agriculture. And we're doing that plus recipes. There's so many things to play with, with this idea of how to recreate healthy eating habits, tie in, okay, get bonus points for figuring out restaurants in the area with good to go options. Like what did you find at convenience stores? I mean, there's so many different ways to go. It's more on the recipe food prep genre with the challenges, in my opinion, than it is like, what new wacky way are we going to come up to eat? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yep. So I love challenges just to finish out that again, you know, I, I offer challenges so people can contact me if they're interested at this point. I've had over a thousand gyms and groups run them. And, and what you do is you get some marketing material, you get some marketing planning from me, and then you also get education and kind of like the scoring logistics. The gym owner will still have to do some work, right? It won't totally sell itself, but the idea is don't reinvent the wheel. So that's that. The, the challenge deniers, the ones who say mm. that you're to me, when I hear that, it's like somebody complaining, like, don't read books because you can't possibly remember everything in the book. Oh, that's interesting. So why yeah. would you read the book? Well, yeah, but you can get five, 10, 15 things that you can, you can get out of that book. And, you know, it's, totally. just, it's just so silly to me. It's just, it's just, it's a not, not an argument that holds any water with me. Yeah. And you're not going to get a, even hundred percent retention and success of the people who sign up. But yeah. even if you get a handful of successful people, guess what? They're now walking around town. People are asking what they're doing for nutrition, yep. right? I mean, they, they become your best marketing. So to this idea that it's going to be this perfect retention and success. I mean, heck with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Other events, I kind of got into it a little bit, but a little bit more kind of seminar versus challenge-based focus. But I think seminars, yes, you can have somebody from the outside come in and do something really on topic about nutrition and, and that's great. But I think even within your gym, you likely have people that are maybe a personal chef. Maybe you have just those people that post on Sunday on, on social media that they already have their 76 containers of Tupperware done and ready to go. Find them. <laughs> they are mm. your experts. Run an hour or two seminar about how to do pr- food prep in bulk. How do you do budget? What about season? What are seasonal stuff? What about easy make ahead meals? I mean, get together a collection of recipes for breakfast, make ahead easy dinners. I don't know, stuff kids love, roll out the content over three or four weeks. You have a nutrition program. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's literally all around the habit stuff. And I think that can be really good too, even not, not necessarily a challenge format. And I think one other thing to point out here that I was thinking about too, just over the years, 
that I remember at CrossFit New England, actually, and I, I think they still do it. And that is sometimes during the month when there's a workout that's short, is sometimes they fill the space with education. And from my recollection, the, sometimes that would be nutrition. And this is just a way, you know, let's say it's a Fran day and you did a good warm up and all of that stuff, but you still have like 10 minutes. This is a great time that you can have kind of a reminding touch point to get people to kind of think about nutrition. And even though it might not be a huge program, I think, again, just making it part of kind of the community and the ethos can kind of go a long way. Yeah, I've got lots of thoughts because I think you're you're on to a lot of really good stuff. The first, just that last thing. Uh, you're right. I, th- I think it's mostly Ben who does it mm-hmm. at CrossFit New England still. But it's such a missed opportunity for affiliates for a couple of reasons. One, what you pay attention to teaches your people what is important. Mm. And so when you set aside 10 minutes to talk about macros, mm-hmm. yes, they will learn about macros. Mostly what they're learning is that it's so important that I'm willing to sit you guys down at the end of a workout. So we're not going to do, we're not going to go row 500 meters as fast as we can. We're going to go sit down and we're going to talk about macros. Oh, if it's that important, then it must be important. Mm, And so that's the first thing I think about. And then on a more practical level, which I think is missed all of the time, which is if you're the head coach or the gym owner, give a 10 minute nutrition talk on Monday morning for the first two classes and film it. Mm. And then send a newsletter and put it on social media because it's the same thing. It's this is so important that we're willing to sit people down and we're willing to share this with you. Teach them that it's important by showing them that you treat it as Mm. something that's important. Because not only then do you create some content, which is always good. You get to scale that content a little bit. So you don't have to give that same talk (laughs) 10 times in the day. You give it twice in the morning. You you film both of them. You pick the best one and you upload it to YouTube. It won't take that long. Totally. And then on the back of that, the thing that I think is really important for gyms who want to make this part of their business is the first thing you have to do is you have to establish yourself as a subject matter expert on this subject. Mm. Right now, when they walk into your gym, you're de facto the subject matter expert on fitness Mm. because you look fit and you're the coach and they've seen you work out. And so if they have a question about fitness, what do they do? Chances are they ask you about it already. Right. The gap is they don't yet know that you're the person to go ask when they have a question about nutrition. Yeah. So you have to demonstrate that Mm. and you demonstrate it by just copy EC, right? Just go on Instagram and three times a week, write about, put a video up, do something about nutrition so that in the back of their mind, when they think, you know, what's, what's really li- missing in, in my health is like, I got to get my nutrition in order. Yeah. What they don't do is Google something, mm. <laughs> anything, because they'll end up looking at keto or they'll end yeah. up looking at something absurd. The first thing you want them to think is, all right, I'm going to go talk to Charlie. I'm going to finally talk to Charlie yeah. because he's demonstrated to me by delivering value, by teaching me already that he's the kind of person who's already thinking about this. Yeah. I will push back a little bit on the don't copy me part only because, again, at the affiliate level, I really think the discussion should be about the nuts and bolts I, and stuff. Yeah. And I know, I mean, and I'm I, not, I know, I know you know that. Yes. But I, I, I'm not saying that like, don't copy me. Like, I, believe me, I'm not no, that, I mean, like stuck on yeah. myself. But it's like, how are you making nutritional lifestyle? But because, exactly. and I'm only pointing this out, Patrick, because I think that's actually misunderstood that they might 
actually be very interested in what's going on on the thyroid and they might be interested in what's exactly happening with whatever metabolism. Mm. But yet to still make that leap for your members of this is how it's the lifestyle. It's just like if you go to work out with class, like that's how you want to think about nutrition Love for that. the members. Yep. If that yeah, makes that's sense. That's a great point. Yep, absolutely. And that's what I meant, but I'm I'm glad yeah. you you, <laughs> you you said that. And then the last thing I'll say and is, is something that I think CrossFit New England did and you'll remember probably better than I, but it's not something that I see a lot anymore, which is too bad, which is every single gym is a member of a community of a larger community, right? If, mm -hmm. And I don't mean like a community of like, here's the, here's the hundred people who are here and they're my, they're my community. But I mean, like you're in a town and that town is filled with people just like you building businesses, just like you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such an opportunity to, if you're a gym to go to the seven most popular restaurants in your town mm -hmm. and say, can we get something on your menu? Call it the mm -hmm. whatever CrossFit, whatever. And if you do that, here, here are the parameters that we need. We need to be whole foods. We need to be veggies. We need no sugar, et cetera. Like, here's what we need it to be in order for us to want to put our name on it. Mm -hmm. And in return for that, on our website, we're going to put a page up of the seven restaurants and the thing to ask for when you're there. And to your point, or to what I think would be really cool is, each one of those meals is like, here's it's 200 grams of veggies and it's yep. whatever number of grams of protein. And so, you know, going in, I know how to make this decision yep. so I can go out and I can make a good decision instead of I go out and I kind of, yeah, I'll worry about nutrition tomorrow because that's where we start to fall apart. Totally. But instead say, no, can I actually f create relationships? relationships that are beneficial to us and beneficial to you and beneficial to our members because our members can be your, your customers and actually build relationships in the community that you exist in. Totally. I think it's such a missed opportunity. It's something that, again, I saw early on in the days of CrossFit for whatever reason, but not something I see too much of anymore. Yeah. And uh, Craig Kenny at Brantford CrossFit, when they have run the 800 gram challenge, they have a breakfast place they love and they've done exactly that. And, and yeah. totally, I mean, that's, that's to me, nutrition at the affiliate level. How do we make this easy? Not the science. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So that's events and challenges kind of mm -hmm. in there. And then your next point or your next idea, the next thing to focus on was onboarding. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, again, thinking of the idea of trying to leverage what you already have in place, you have some process to get people up to speed. And it typically has a lot of admin steps If they need to log into here, they come at this time, there's some system. So you already kind of have some system where, okay, we need to get them information. I think figure out a way to get nutrition in there, partially because it creates the stopgap between events. So they might come in right after you finish a challenge. So one, they figure out that nutrition is important and you're telling them there. And then two, like I said, you, you kind of have some way to get it to them versus just sort of, you know, hoping that they figure it out at some point. Mm. Now, what would you do? Well, everybody has different on onboarding processes. Maybe it's part of the foundations process. I talked to Jason Fernandez at CrossFit Rife, and they have at least one of their sessions is half on nutrition and just some mm. of the basics around that. So that's a great idea. I think this is a great idea, although I'm not really sure there's a ton of gyms doing it in try to do a small group coaching package targeted at people that have started in the last month or two. That's maybe only four weeks long. Maybe it's six weeks long. They meet once a week. They go over basic nutrition stuff. It could be via Zoom. They get some habit change stuff to work on. And it's basically group coaching. Mm. Again, I don't always think that we need to go straight to one-on-one -on -one stuff as we're, we'll talk about, but this scales well for a nutrition coach who maybe doesn't want to develop a whole practice, but they're doing, you know, they're getting money because it's a small group rate. And also then the individuals don't have to pay the same price that they would for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then you repeat this every, whatever it is, four, six, eight weeks or something like that. 
and you target the new members. But of course, if anybody's ready to start nutrition and they're three years in, great, roll them into the process, right? So yep. I think that's a great idea. Again, though, you have to build it. That that would be in-house. You can also look to outsource, and that would be if you have somebody who has an online course or program. You know, I have 30 days of the 800-gram challenge as an individual program. There is an option right there for affiliates to buy, you know, 20 passes, let's say, and then they just connect that to their members. They can even upcharge their members the price so they break even, but effectively they just give the personal link and they're in and they're going. And again, that's just sort of like, okay, yes, thank you for the customers if you choose to do that. And the other thing is hopefully they get started on something that's really simple and they address nutrition right away and you don't have to deal with it. But mm -hmm. but that's why I really focus on events and onboarding as sort of the, the start here, because I think you're leveraging the community that you have. And I think you're leveraging some onboarding process structure that's already in place versus really striking out and starting a new business per se. Does it make sense to dive into, even if it's not something you recommend yeah. all the time or certainly right away, but the one-on-one -on -one yeah. services, like what does that look like? What have you seen work? What have you seen not work? Yeah, I kind of put that as a swing one because if you have somebody qualified and jonesing to do it, like why wouldn't you, right? It, it's yep. sort of like, great, if they're a great fit, you like them, they wanna do it, it's sort of a no-brainer. I think why I don't go there right away is, well, it, first of all, it's hard to find that right fit. It's hard to find someone who wants to do it and also loves CrossFit and is part of your community and is going to say what you want to say and that they have the right qualifications for what they want to do. So finding that person is hard. And what you might have to do is actually find a few different resources. For example, a, a gym that I go to here, they have an in-house macro coach. That's great for people that want to do macros, right? And so maybe that's who you send, whatever, the competitor who wants to do macros. Maybe you might have to find someone else in town, the licensed nutritionist or RD to work with people on more medical conditions. And then maybe you have another person that you find that's kind of the, the more beginner stuff. The, the problem with all of that is you kind of have to vet those services though too, right? If you're outsourcing that, you kind of want to know how it's going to go. And so I think this process just takes a long time to really figure out, okay, which, which ones are good for my different options. So yeah, I think it's great if you have that option. I just don't think that finding the right fit's always easy. And I, I've definitely yeah. heard that even this past weekend, but all, also over the years as well. And we just have to remember that it doesn't scale as well. I mean, this is why a lot of CrossFit gyms run group classes, right? Mm -hmm. That one-on-one -on -one stuff doesn't scale as well. And so this idea that we always have to go right to one-on-one, -on -one, it's, it's a little bit backwards from exactly the model that you chose to pick for fitness. So I'm not sure why you would try to scale that one initially. And the last thing I want to say on that is like, kind of what I was saying about this onboarding as a group, like, I'm just not sure that everybody loves one-on-one -on -one work. And there's plenty mm -hmm. of great people doing tons of good results there. So don't hear me wrong there. But I think sometimes people like hearing other people, how they're dealing with it, ideas from other people. Why does the idea always have to come from the quote nutritionist, right? That, that learning from others is also a great thing to do. And so that's what I do with my masterclass. I like people to see other people's questions and to hear, oh, I'm having a hard time with this and this is how I solved it. Why does it always have to come from me? And so I think kind of think about that before you go right to one-on-one -on -one coaching, because I do think it's, it's a hard place to really scale successfully. Let's start wrapping this up because it's been one of our longer episodes. Yeah. I do think we could probably talk about this a lot. So maybe totally. there's a part two in our future. <laughs> but just to wrap up this one, you know, catch us up, give us the high level thoughts, walk away from this conversation. Yeah, a conversation without an answer, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing comes back to, do you want to do it? Recognize yep. this is a different business. Recognize the difficulties that you have with it. And then try to figure out 
ways that you can go the path of least resistance, which in my opinion is events and onboarding. And this is where I loved your idea, maybe outsource first to see what kind of sell it is before you just set sail on I'm building a nutrition program from scratch and doing one on one stuff. I think that's a great point. And so that I think is where I'm landing <laughs> as my Got recommendation. It. All right. I'm sure you and I will both continue thinking about this. So if we have something good to add, we'll uh, we'll do a part two down the road. Awesome. But until then, thank you everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. And EC and I will be back for another episode of the Consistency Project next week. EC here. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Thank you as well for all the support for the five-star ratings and the reviews and for telling your friends or family about the podcast that really does help the podcast grow. And if you want to get the most recent info from me and be up to date on all of my content, the best place for that is my email list. So you can subscribe at optimizemenutrition.com slash email. I send out emails weekly-ish, <laughs> and that's also the best place to get your question in the queue for Quick Bites episodes. So again, that's optimizemenutrition.com slash email, and there's also a link in the show notes.